श्री गुरु वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जाए हरि नाम प्रभु की जाए और भक्तवृंद की जाए बहुत प्रेमानंद मिले सो अगेन गुड इवनिंग थैंक यू फॉर कमिंग आई विल जस्ट स्पीक ब्रीफली टुनाइट आई स्पोक अ लिटिल बिट यस्टरडे अबाउट श्रद्धा फेथ दिस आफ्टरनून आई स्पोक टू अनदर ग्रुप ऑफ पीपल and we spoke about karuna karuna compassion so tonight we will speak about leela which is different in the sense that or to the extent that it's not as readily translatable into english whether it be the secular or the religious dictionary faith is a common word and compassion is a common word and they have their corresponding words in the sanskrit uh, lexicon but leela is a word from there that doesn't have a corresponding term in in english it could be translated as divine play but in the in the western world in the english speaking world the concept of divine play is not one that uh, that we find in the christian world or the abrahamic religious world in fact many years ago a uh, representative of our tradition in the um, maybe the late 1920s went to europe and he was speaking in in germany and um, he was invited to a drama a theistic drama by a christian sect ecumenical sect apparently and um the main play was on the stage of course and god was in the balcony and so every now and then god would come out from the balcony and make a pronouncement i bless you i don't bless you as may be the case so at any rate after the a theatrical performance then the um this the sadhu a, a visiting saint from our tradition was asked what he thought of the play and among other things he said we also do plays like this but but god is not kept in the balcony he's on the main stage he becomes uh, uh, uh he steps down from the balcony and enters into human society and indeed it is in human society in which his play is grace most facilitated now some of you are familiar with the term leela and it should it's worth noting that in hinduism where this concept is prominent the idea of god within him appearing within human society and the principle of the uh, avatar tattva avatara tara means means it comes from the verbal root it means to cross and ava from crossing from up to down it means so the outreach if you will of the godhead from above to below which is as i was mentioning earlier today our only our only hope hmm? if the finite is to know the infinite then it will be on infinite's terms only 
Fanan does not have the capacity to know or to capture, to know, to, to, to conquer, to, to control the infinite. So, that would be folly to try, but if the infinite, out of its infinite capacity, wants to reveal itself to the finite, then, then the very idea of impossible, which is not contained in the dictionary of the absolute, is this thrown out. So the avatar means the descent of the Godhead to the world, crossing from up to down, and of course with, with the view to bring us up, to come and appear within our frame of reference, <coughs> sensual, mental, intellectual frame of reference that we have as humans, with a view to take us beyond that, to see a bigger uh, picture. And such descent, and what uh, transpires in the course of that, it is called lila. It is a play, it is a drama. And the term lila has its fullest application when we come to Krishna. Ram also, but Krishna more so. And far more so, more so Ram and Krishna than any other Vishnu avatar, or to speak then of, we don't really use the term Shiva Lila. We don't hear that. Brahma Lila, Indra Lila. So, it, is, it means play, and a divine play, and it reaches its fullest expression, Lila, in the uh, descent and person and the face of the Absolute that we call Krishna. Ram is human-like. That's true. But he's superhuman. No one can be like him. If you study the Ramayana, then good example he sets for human society, but difficult to follow, isn't it? Hmm? High and noble, inspiring, but still somewhat out of reach. Krishna, on the other hand, <laughs> he's uh, almost too human-like with his faults, shortcomings, falling after his devotees, falling in love with Radha, for that matter. Uh, and that is his weak mo weakest moment. The weakest moment of the Absolute. So if you catch him there, then... But that time you can say something to him, to console him. Radhe, 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 Jai, 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 Sri Radhe. Hmm? Then you'll get entrance into his divine play very easily. So that play is facilitated in in human society, which is very much moving around the uh, pursuit of love. Love is a kind of a movement, as we know. We cannot rest until we find love. And when we find it, we don't find that it uh, puts us to sleep either. It animates us and moves us in another orbit, so to speak, a self-fulfilled orbit. So there may be movement that arises out of fulfillment. Not only there may be, there must be. If we are really full, complete, satisfied, happy, fully, is it possible that we are all pursuing? So either we're crazy or it's possible. And if it is, by necessity, that uh, fullness fosters a dynamic movement. Just like if you are really happy, 
you have to say so. You cannot contain it. If you're really full, you have to celebrate that. We're empty now. We're running on empty. That is karma. Under the influence of karma, we are running on empty. And we owe also. We're indebted. Running on empty. And worse than empty, we owe. So we are running into debt. With every movement, incurring a debt and obligated then to move by that debt incurred. By exploitation, by taking, then we have to run. <laughs> because someone will be coming to take back. Jivo jivasya jivanam. Long before Darwin, Bhagavat has weighed in on the nature of material existence. Jivo jivasya jivanam. One living being is food for another. Struggle for existence. Of course, it's weighed in a little heavier. It doesn't stop there. This is the nature of the material predicament to which there is a solution. And that involves getting out of debt and coming to zero. And from there, the fullness that is zero in compared to negative numbers is a launching point then for entering into positive numbers. From stillness that constitutes no longer having to move because we are forced to, obligated to, by the karmic debt or repercussions that we've incurred. We have not, we have stopped taking, so no one is chasing us now. That's the kind of stillness that many people are, of course, moved to pursue, and wisely so. But to sit still in the fullness of emptiness and debtless condition is not the full face of completeness, of joy. It is not fullness in the full sense of the term. When that fullness reaches a point of movement again, that is a different kind of movement, moving out of fullness rather than out of emptiness, moving out of joy. The movement that is joy, that is lila, lilamoe, lilananda. And this concept of lila, as I say, reaches its fullest expression in Sri Krishna. And that is why we say, Bhagavad says, Krishna's too, Bhagavan Swayam. That is why. It takes some power to play. If you want to play, you have to have some power. Play means if you want to take a vacation, you have to have some money in the bank. That is a power. You have to have worked, acquired some balance, then you can play. So play requires power. So who is only playing is all-powerful. So Krishna's too, Bhagavan Swayam. And this point is central to our particular tradition, following in the uh, teaching of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. We are uh, Gaudiya Vaishnavas. Gaudiya Vaishnavas, they embrace amongst the sacred uh, scriptural canon of Hinduism, 
the Bhagavat Purana. And they like to call it Srimad Bhagavata. Srimad Bhagavata. The beautiful Bhagavata. The Bhagavat of Sri. Sri is Bhagavata. Sri means Shakti. Sri means Radha. Radha means Swayam Shakti. Krishna Swayam Bhagavan. When Brahman, within Brahman, Shakti is manifest, then the Brahman begins to dance. Through the pen of Krishna Das Kabiraj Goswami, Prajandanandan Krishna says, Oh, Radhikar Premer, Prem of Radha, this is making me mad. Ami Shisha, I am the, da- I, I, I am the, the, the Shisha of her dancing. A very interesting concept. Central, of course, as I say, to Gaudiya Vaishnavism. That manifestation of divinity within Hinduism, within the world, within the religious world, that is playing only, dancing, the famous existentialist and, in many respects, the philosopher who gave birth to postmodernism, Nietzsche. Nietzsche is a his existentialism, in many respects, is considered to be have given birth to the whole postmodern uh, thinking of the present times. He made, of course, a well-known number of well-known statements, but one of them that comes to mind with regard to what we're discussing is that he said, "If there is a god, he would be a dancer. We have that god, <laughs> and he is dancing. And what is behind that dancing? What is the?" What is fueling that? Hmm? This is central to uh, Gaudiya Vaishnavism. And that, that lila, ananda, that is the expression of his fullness that makes the absolute dance not out of a need and move not out of a need, but out of fullness. If we study it carefully, if we think about it objectively, philosophically, with a philosophical lens, we look at that, we have to come to this conclusion. Here is all play, therefore here is all power. This must be the source. Who is only playing? Therefore, again, the conclusion of the Gaudiya's is Krishna's too, Bhagavan Swayam. It's not a sectarian conclusion. It's saying there are many faces of the Godhead, many faces, many expressions. Even in Hinduism, we'll even include the atheist Buddha, we also include him. He is the Buddha, the, the head, the wisdom of the Absolute. If we cross culture, we say that Christ is the sacrificing heart of the Absolute. And Krishna is the love, the heart, the loving heart. Someone asked me that something is coming to mind about Christianity with regard to um, Hinduism, where do you find the sacrificing in Krishna that you find in the Christ? Such sacrifice in the Christ and in Krishna, simply enjoying. So I replied that that is a good point, but Christ personifies the way in a general sense, the means, the way to attain 
The way is one thing, but the way has to have a goal. The sad, sadhana must have a sadhya. Krishna personifies the goal. Christ, in a general sense, personifies the way. The way is through sacrifice. And it's not that it is, the, the, the way is not exemplified throughout Hinduism, through other representations, manifestations of divinity. But, as I say, to cross-culturally speak about different manifestations of the Godhead and, and help us to understand what is meant by those mystics who utter the name Krishna. If there's a center, if there's a source from where everything comes, there is, that is to which everything must uh, return, uh, where we will best be served in terms of our own interest if we invest our energy. Like the stomach is the center of the body, that's the place to put the food. If any other part of the body complains why the stomach is taking all the food and goes on a strike, then, then the whole body will become emaciated and diminished in its stature. But if it gives all the food to the stomach, the stomach is qualified to take because by taking in a mystical way, it transforms that food that otherwise cannot be taken advantage of by other parts of the body and sends energy and nutrition throughout. This is the role of the center. So there's an is a, is appropriate place for an enjoyer. If we are to be servitors, there must be an enjoyer. And if we are to serve without reservation, without any hesitation, without any limit, if we are to enter into service in a full sense of the term, we will be enlisted in divine slavery. Everyone knows, what, if you had a servant, what would you do? Oh, yeah, I know, we do immediately, we know what to do. Come here, do this, do that. If I had a servant to do whatever I wanted, I, wouldn't it be hard to engage him or her? We have an enjoying spirit, but we are not the center. And this is the problem. Too many, too many stomachs. <laughs> too many, too many. No, they're not stomachs. Too many mouths, unwilling to send the send the food to the stomach. This is a problem. Make for many hungry people, much competition. Hunters and the hunted, the takers. No, if we take everything, we know we will not be satisfied ourselves, even. Well, to speak of everyone else, we live in a world of our mind where we sometimes lead ourselves to believe, why don't people just fit inside of that and everything would be fine? We want people to live inside of the world of our mind, of our happies, <coughs> our sads, our goods and our bads. We struggle to fit everyone inside even though we know. If we think about it for a moment, it's not even making us happy, that world. So to come out from that small world of the mind means to come to come out from this enjoying spirit this uh, this attempt to be the center and so honest people know this and therefore they know that this serving is 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 the ideal and sacrificing we all want love we know love comes from sacrifice ask any parent that they know sacrifice is noble Sacrifice uh, and self-effacement. This is uh, uh, in a thoughtful way, not in a psychologically dysfunctional way, but in a thoughtful way. 
we're asked by our president to make some sacrifices, perhaps, <laughs> by a set of uh, force of uh, circumstances. Hmm? And appropriately so. I remember the young man in the 60s when uh, uh, President Kennedy made his famous speech at the inauguration, and you all know it, he said, think not what you can do for your, what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. You know, so, I mean, so many people were inspired by that noble idea. Hmm? So any honest person can appreciate this point, that, that life moves progressively by giving, not by taking. So if we are to be givers, and the giving itself is the getting, there has to be some center to which that giving will be reposed. This is what is meant by Krishna. Therefore, he is portrayed as he is, simply playing, as a supreme, supreme enjoyer. With a, how, how, oh, that sounds very un, uh, unpalatable, almost. The supreme enjoyer, the despot. We are attracted to sacrifice, but we have to think carefully. If we are to sacrifice, if we are to give, there must be a taker on the other end. And one who, upon taking, the nature of his taking or accepting of the service is such that we become nourished by that, that that energy is transformed and distributed back to the public. So Krishna, Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam, if there's a center, or if the, there are various faces of the Godhead throughout all human society, throughout all, all, all cultures, this is one of them. So you decide which one is it. If you study carefully, objectively, you will say, this face represents this. It is the love life of the Absolute. The, the supreme enjoyer, enjoyment, uh, the taker manifestation of the Absolute. If I give myself here, I can give unlimitedly, without reservation. Now, in the context of Leela, then the divine play, I mentioned that we are fond of the Bhagwat, Srimad Bhagwat, Gaudiya Vaishnavas. This concept of Krishna as Swayam Bhagavan, as the source, this is brought out in the, in the in the theology of the Gita or the Bhagavad, and it is brought out also in the in the Lila. The book is a very beautiful book, Bhagavad, of course. Nigamakalpaturo galitam phalam shukumukadam tadrabasumditam pibata bhagavatam rasam malayam muhuraho rasika bhuvi bhavukaha. It's a very rich book. It must be a bhavukaha. A mad person to appreciate it, out of out of balance. It is an intoxicating elixir, and if you drink from that, then you'll go un- unconscious and get up and drink again. The Bhagavad wishes that upon us. Drink this, drink this fruit. It said, "How do you drink a fruit?" We know that here on the West Coast, <laughs> particularly. Hmm? <laughs> So you, you take away everything that is not essential. You take away the peel, you take away the pit, you put it in the machine and you juice it. <laughs> then you drink the juice. So it means this book is dealing only with most essential topic. When speaking, Negamakalpataro, 
and galitam falam. It means all these texts, sacred canon, throughout the world. It says, this is like a tree. And a kalpotoro, a tree from which any, any, you can get any kind of knowledge. In other words, what it means is that revelation, important aspect of human society, there's something called revelation. It means insight that comes from a transrational exercise, not, a, not, a, not an unreasonable exercise, but an exercise of the heart, a giving exercise. Because by reason, we will not arrive at the conclusion that by giving, we will get. By reason, by math, we will arrive at the conclusion that by giving, we will have less. Life itself, if you just look carefully, tells us very, very clearly, reason is, is not, will not give the answer. Bhagavad is written in poetry, not in math. Math is a language for controlling. You will never, never understand the infinite by such. You will never understand that which cannot be controlled by you. This is the shortcoming of the hallmark characteristic of the scientific method the controlled experiment. It will only thing that will show up there is something that you can control. And what will you learn from that? Something. But we will learn more from those who we cannot control. Keeping the company of those who are higher than us, we have great prospect to learn. More so than always keeping the company of those who are lesser than us. We like that because it makes us feel better. We're in control. <laughs> Or we are allowed to think that we are in control. But it's not a fact. Keeping the company of higher persons, we have prospect to grow. And if they are truly high, then in their company we can understand that we don't need to try to be in control. Life is out of control and it's okay. Like love, it, uh, it's as they say, it knows no reason. It's dynamic and unpredictable. This is disconcerting to us that life could be such unpredictable and uncontrollable and we struggle to try to control it, to harness it and so forth. Spiritual life is about understanding you cannot do that but it's okay. Even in our spiritual practice we succumb to this. That is the meaning of maya, to measure. We try to capture it all in the fist of our understanding and and control it and take the, the book and make, take it in, literally. Memorize the book. The book is only in index or table of contents. All the books, Nigamakalpatur, all the Veda, Upanishad, Bible, Quran, whatever it may be, to whatever extent these texts represent revelation, divine insight, the outreach of the absolute, of the infinite, to the finite, the loving, compassionate outreach, as much as they represent that, they nonetheless are very limited. Because they, that outreach, that heart of the absolute, what is the nature of that plane? It cannot be, it cannot be uh, satisfactorily addressed with the limits of language and thought. It's not possible. 
The books themselves admit that. The sutra says. There is not enough about this that can be said. It's not possible. From where words having gone return. From where the mind having gone returns. That doesn't mean we shouldn't read the Veda or the Bhagavad. Some words have more power than others. And words that come from Nigamakalbutorod, that come Nibujakashe, Rupogiyamanad, Bavosa the Chotumano Biramat, Kutumashloka Gunanu Varnanum, Human Miraji to be not Pashuganat. Which comes from Nibujakashe, Kurunayaha, Purana Guyam, Shukadev. He told about his Gurudev that he has spoken this Puranam, Srimad Bhagavatam Amalam Puranam, Adab Kurunayaha. Karuna, the Guyam, the secret of this, that would be revealed from one whose heart is motivated by nothing, by no gain, no, no prospect of gain, no, no, no pursuit of gain. As the tenth skanda of Bhagavad begins, again this idea comes. This aushad medicine of the nectar, lick, elixir of Krishna Leela, if that is coming to us, where is it from? Where is it from? It comes from the... Where is the Krishna Leela? Don't think we will go and find the Dwarka Bridge, uh, the, the Hanuman Bridge to Sri Lanka and we'll prove to everybody that Ram is uh, real. Or find some archaeological uh, dig in uh, off the coast of Gujarat <laughs> and we'll convince the world that Dwarka was here and it may be that's all right but this is not the way to prove anything. We admit it readily in our philosophy that it doesn't prove anything such, such pursuits. Measuring can give us some practical way to move in the world in terms of our desires, perceived necessities but it cannot tell us what anything is. We can, we can measure a line and say what it is in terms of what it can do for us materially, but what it is, we cannot say. That must come from somewhere else. The how question, to some extent, we can answer, but why? That is another thing. And so they want to say in science, there are no why questions. And we, our question is, why not? <laughs> why not? Says who? No, this is a big question for human society. Why? It doesn't arise in other less complex forms of life and it should be addressed and it should be answered. And this revelation is, is what is the, is, the, is the way in which we may answer that question. It's the expression of the infinite in relation to the finite. It's a, the nature of that expression. That is the land of love. There is only giving there. So, this uh, this revelation is is uh, we'll, we'll, if we afford ourselves the opportunity to be in touch with it, that will capture our heart. Naturally, our mind will be captured. Also, our senses will be captured. Where is Krishna? He says, uh, "Ham What is it? Ham tishtami yoginam hudayeshu na." La, neither. 
I'm Baikunta. No, I am. I am not in Baikunta. I, neither I am in heart of the yogi. Yatragayanti madbhakta. O Narada. Where am I? Wherever Yatragayanti madbhakta. Wherever my bhakta is chanting about me, singing about me, whose heart is filled with, with thoughts of me, that is where I reside. Madchita madgata prana. Bodayantas parasparam. Katayantas chamam nityam tushanti cha, ramanti cha. Bhagavad says it in another way also. Satam prasangam madhiri sambido. Pabanti hrit karna rasayana kata. Tadjoshanad ashpabhavaragavart madhi. Shadharati bhaktim anukram ishakti. Anukram, step by step you will go by sadhu sangha because in that satam prasanga, in that sangha, of the satam, this is synonymous with devotee, bhakta, satam, the honest person. In that company, satam prasanga, mamavirya samvido, mamavirya, Krishna speaking, my virya, my glorious activities of world renown, mamavirya samvido, babanti hutkarnarasayana kata, they are always talking about that. What is in their heart that will be on their mind, on their, in their, on their tongue. They're always talking about that. If you come in the vicinity of that, then, then, Karna, ear, this is being, Karna means ear. The ear comes in connection with that, then, Rasayana, that, that Rasayana Kata, it will enter the ear. We'll take it, make a transformation in your life. Shraddha will come. Faith and Anukram. Step by step, you will get Rati and Prem. Where is Krishna? You shouldn't bother to look historically. He's existing in the hearts of his devotees. And in Mahatmanas Prakritim Ashrita, they are moving amongst us under that influence. That Leela of Krishna is being performed. We say oh, eternally. Where? In some heart, somewhere, at all times. And we want in all hearts, everywhere, at all times, that they might have this, this facility, this, this opportunity to play. And who does not want to play? And be happy. We're going about it only in the wrong way. Moving in the wrong direction. We move in a backwards way. I gave an example earlier today. If you have one huge magnet with a positive pole, hmm? huge magnet, powerful pusher, and you have a tiny, tiny, tiny magnet that also has a positive pole, what will happen? That small magnet will be repelled so far. We have positioned ourselves in a positive way, and I mean that in a negative sense. We have positioned ourselves as, you know, as a pusher, as, a, as, a, as an acquirer, as an enjoyer. And it is repulsive to the enjoyer, the actual enjoyer. We must turn around only. In a backwards way, we will go forward and fast because a powerful, powerful positive negative, mag magnet will pick up a very small negative piece and 
bring it in very quickly. So, this is bhakti. It is effortless effort. We just have to turn around, just change our angle of vision, make ourselves receptive to this type of sangha discussion. So that revelation, that outreach of the infinite to the finite in the form of Veda has been compared to a tree, Nigamakalpataro. That tree, from that tree, the idea is all knowledge can be gathered, can be gained, whatever kind of knowledge you might want. And this Bhagwat on that tree, Nigamakalpataro Galitam Falam, it is the fruit, the riper the fruit, and it is Galitam. You understand? Where is it? It's not even up in the branches. Hmm? If you want to talk about revelation and the extent to which the Godhead reaches out to us to make himself available, this fruit has fallen at the base of the tree and it is ripe and you don't have to struggle to get it. That is Krishna Leela. That is the idea of Krishna. So close to human society he has come. So much making himself available. So much human-like. This poetry of the Bhagavatam, it takes a poetic language to speak about things, about life. Not a mathematical language, a language of controlling, but a language of participation. Poetry is a participatory type of language. We go out and we explain how the world feels. And it feels different than it looks because the moon can have wings and fly across the sky. All possibility there. And when we try to measure it, there are so, so few possibilities. We are only boxing ourselves in, that's all. So to come out from that tendency to measure maya, to bring the whole thing in the fist of our intellect, this is the idea of bhakti. And Krishna Leela is that outreach of the Absolute to human society that makes it most easy to do, most very easy to do that, hmm? facilitating us in human society. And in the Leela of the Bhagavat, in 10th Canto, hmm? of Srimad Bhagavat, then this idea, Krishna's tu Bhagavan Swayam, this uh, philosophical idea that Krishna is the source of everything, it is played out in a particular leela that is very dear to the Gaudias. It is in meditation on this leela that my Gurudev left the world. This leela demonstrates this point practically. Mahaprabhu Sri Chaitanya Dev, he did not write any commentary on the Vedanta Sutra or on any other major or minor text. He did not feel it necessary to impose his intellect on the environment of the scripture. He said, we will accept it in the language of migrative as it is, what it is saying to us. In the Leela, we find this. It is very clear. It is pointed out. This Leela means uh, what? It is the uh, Brahma Vimohana. Brahma Vimohan. Not the Brahma Mohan, but the Brahma Vimohan. Vimohan means very, very confused, very bewildered, very deluded. And Brahma means creator of the world. The, the, the bewilderment of the creator, 
this Leela has bewildered the Creator. What kind of, <laughs> what kind of uh, Leela, what kind of uh, movement is that? Who knows every nook and corner of the creation? The whole math of that, that is the, the Brahmas, you know, like that. They, he has the foreheads to deal with that. Foreheads for figuring it all out, sorting it all out. And in many respects, as you know, the world is made out of math. He does the math, in other words. And he, so he knows every nook and corner. He's the programmed the whole thing. He's written the program with inspiration, of course, with power invested in him. But this is his task. So he knows it all. And in Brahmali Mohan, he's witnessing a, something that is of a different nature altogether. As Bhagavad says, another uh, narrative Vyas, he says that, hmm, this Yatag Vasargo, Janatag Yasmin Pratislokam Abadhavati Api. Yatad Bisargo. This is another creation, this Bhagavat. It's another creation altogether. This is not Shristi Lila. This is a kind of Lila. The Paramatman has a kind of a Lila. Shristi Lila. Lila of creation. But this is another li- li- thing altogether. And Yasmin Prati Shlokam. If you hear just one slok from this, it can change your life. From Bhagwat, description of the Leelas. What? This, it would change the course of your life. Brahma had acquaintance then, full acquaintance with Krishna Leela. And he became so bewildered by that. That may be hard for us to digest, but there are many nuances in this Leela that are uh, worth uh, exploring. Krishna is only a young boy at this point. He's a, he has just become a calf herder. Not a cow herder, but a calf herder. Very painful to Nanda and Jashodamai. It is his dharma, but what can be done? So what can be done, but still is very painful. He will go out. He will eventually he will become a cow herder. This is his dharma. What can be done? They're trying to keep him at home and avoid this, like any good parent. <laughs> Never wants to see the child grow up in one sense. We, we, we struggle with that. And they struggle with us over that. <laughs> so he's just become a cow herder. Just just at the end of his Kumar Lila. Nanda Kumar. He got his you know, Yashodamai is concerned. Suddenly, Bhagavan Krishna is spending more time with his brother, with his uncles, with his uncles, instead of with his father. Father wondered, why is he spending so much time with his uncles now, instead of with, with me? He must be something he doesn't want to talk to me about. Yes, he does not want to talk to you about that, because you are not favorable for that right now. You cannot digest that. Hmm? What is that? I want to be a cow herder, like you. I want to go out all day and herd the cows. He can't have no ear for this. The uncles, they, they're a little bit more detached. <laughs> they understand. He can say, I'm feeling like this. Dad, he doesn't want to talk about that. <laughs> so he's making some, some close relationship with them. And they are relishing that very much. Hmm? 
Then, then Nanda Maharaj make, make the question, what's going on here? What's, what's, what's happening with my son? Then they'll sit him down. He wants to become a cowherder. Now, okay, one thing to convince him. Now he has to go convince Yashodamai. Even more problem. But ultimately, of course, they are successful. But first calf herder, not a cow herder. So he will not go too far. And Baladev will be with him always to watch him. This is the order of Yashodamai. But that order cannot be followed every day. And it cannot be followed given the exuberance of Krishna for his lila, his ghosty lila. He's not, so, he wakes up one morning and he says, I have my own plan today. Normally it is arranged that I'll have a nice meal at home, but today I want to take my meal in the forest. Normally Baladev would come to the courtyard of Nanda Maharaj and blow his buffalo horn, bugle, and all the suckers will come, millions and millions of them. They're waiting, dreaming all night for this. And they'll come out of their houses and assemble in the courtyard of Nanda Maharaj and stamp their feet. Utai Krishna! Utai Krishna! Wake up, Krishna! It's time to go and tend to the cows. This day, Krishna got up early before Baladev. He had his own plan. Today we will go and picnic in the forest. So he blew the horn, waiting for Baladev to come. Baladev is not coming. So many other sakas are coming. Then he got a message from Baladev. Message said what? Unfortunately, I have been kidnapped here. I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been roped uh, at home. My, my, uh, one of my relatives has come from Matura. He's sitting here like a like a stone on a chair, and I can't move out of the sight. He come to see me. It was a, it was a, it was like a, uh, a partial birthday of Baldev, a partial birthday. You know, they would celebrate monthly also, or when. Uh, anyway, so he could not come. He said anyway, I don't let you know. Don't let me stop you. I can see from hearing your horn. I know you've got something special today that you've planned. Go for it. <laughs> So Baladev giving his blessing, Daoji. Hmm? And Krishna's going to the forest. Meanwhile, Putin has been killed already. And Shakata, Asura, has also been killed. Kamsa is fretting what to do. These my close assistants I've sent there. One in the guise of a mother, disguised, to commit infocide. Another disguised himself, became invisible. Shakata. These two efforts were, were, were fruitless. They were worse than fruitless. They ended up in the death of my own attendants. So he called another of his attendants. They were all under the, under the influence of Kangsa. Agha. Sin himself. Agha. Agha Sura. He said, oh, you serpent. <laughs> you snake. Uh, this is the situation. Your brother and your sister have been killed. They are related. What are you going to do about that? And this is my plight. He explained the situation. Most of you are familiar with this. So, hmm? so he dispatched him to open his mouth like this. Just go and open your mouth. And those boys, they're prone to mischief. Def definitely they'll walk inside the mouth of a big uh, python. Python? Yeah. 
big python. And then you simply close it, that's all. So Krishna's gone for sporting like this in the forest, and, and they see the python, and of course the boys, they want to enter in. And Krishna can see, oh, some trouble. They can see there's some trouble, but they think, we have nothing to worry about. Krishna will protect us. So in they go, and Krishna marches in with them. Close his mouth, and he swallowed a very difficult pill to, <laughs> to digest. And you know the story. So the life air of the Agha comes out. This is all poetry. But poetry is reality also. It's a poetic way of describing the nature of being and so forth. So many lessons to be learned from this. Out he comes, and he's hovering in the sky, nowhere to go, because the source of everything is inside of his, his mouth. Now the dead body out, Krishna comes, and then the, the soul, if you will, Atma of Agha enters the body of Krishna. And all the devas are showering the flowers and so forth. So Brahma, it comes to his attention. This is a big uh, universal event. And so Brahma is coming, and meanwhile, Krishna is carrying on with the picnic. So he's eating rice and yogurt and fruit and he's putting it in the mouth of his friend. Then he's taking it out of his friend's mouth and putting it in his mouth. Just like you children, you find them doing these things like this sometimes. And you, Stop that! Don't do that. And you try to... So they're acting like this, rather uncultured and, uh, and the Mr. Culture comes. That is Brahma, Vidhi. His name is Vidhi. He is most cultured person. A Brahmana. His name is Brahma. <laughs> the perfect Brahman. 